found an old pal. He is an NFL analyst. He played six years in the NFL. He is an Emmy Award winner. He is host of the opening drive on Sirius XF, XM NFL Radio. He is host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. He appears courtesy of Macy, which we will get to. I'm talking about Solomon Wilcott. Solomon, what's going on, man? How are you? Jim, great to be with you. You said it last year you were inside on Radio Row, and now you've upped your game. Beautiful setting, beautiful stage you got here. Dude, how nice. Thank you very much. How nice is this? This, this is, is awesome. This like, is awesome. It doesn't get any those, better. We, we have the TV audience, <laughs> and they know, but there's a lot of people listening on the radio that don't know what we're talking about. Let them in. I mean, what kind of view do we have? What is the vibe like? How do you feel? You're outside of the Bellagio where they have the great, beautiful fountain. They're playing great Italian opera music. It doesn't get any better than this. And obviously, as the weather improves over the weekend, it's going to be grand. You're going to have, like, mobs of people out here. So it's a great set. That's why I like the rain, dude. That's why I like the rain. Just kidding, mobs of people. So let me ask you, dude, you played this game at the highest level. Mm -hmm. You have covered this game for a long, long time. You know how hard it is to win in the NFL, much less win at the highest levels. Kansas City has gone to six straight AFC Championship games. This is their third Super Bowl in five years. Yes, they have Patrick Mahomes, but in and of itself, given how hard it is to win, how amazing is that? It is very amazing um, to be able to get here because think about it. Every team is gunning for you every single week, and it becomes even harder just to even maintain the discipline of being able to perform at a very high level. Think about this a wide receiving group that dropped 40 or more passes during the regular season. All of us was potentially belling on this team when they were going through their midseason struggles, and you wondered if Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey could carry a limping offense all the way to the Super Bowl. What we forgot is that Steve Spagnuolo, their defensive coordinator, were able to lift that defense. They carry this team through a difficult stretch of the season. But when we talk about complementary football, that's what we're talking about. Offense, defense, and all those critical elements coming together to make a more complete team. Yeah, like Mahomes might not have receivers like he's had in the past, although they're playing better right now. But I know this, he's never had a defense like that, right? That's right. No, so, no, not like this. This is a, They can get after you. They only have eight interceptions. The point is, they don't allow you to score points. 17 and a half points per game, allowing the second fewest point total of any team in the National Football League. So they're doing a really good job uh, when it comes to scoring defense. Solomon Wilcox is joining us. So it's incredible, but the rap on Andy Reid for so long was he can't win the biggest games. This guy's looking at a potential third ring Sunday. If he gets it, what does that mean to his legacy? Clearly, he's one of the best NFL head coaches ever. And I think even if if he wins it, I think it solidifies it. But already he is the winningest coach for two NFL franchises, right? The Philadelphia Eagles and now the Kansas City Chiefs. He's the only coach in NFL history to win 100 or more games with two different franchises. And then he's had a better second act as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs than he had in his first 14 years with the Philadelphia Eagles, winning championships. And as you mentioned, six straight AFC Conference Championship games. It's just phenomenal in terms of what he's been able to do second time around. When you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes... It's just a little bit easier. Yeah, I, definitely so. Let me ask you this. If you turn this thing around, if you look at Christian McCaffrey, he's led the league in rushing, yeah. tied for the league lead in touchdowns, more than 2,000 yards from scrimmage for the second time in his career, if you're Kansas City, and they're really good defensively, but what is the key to stopping him or at least limiting McCaffrey from the damage he does? You can't let him get to the second level of your defense in the run game. But that's only half the equation. 
the ability of Kyle Shanahan to move him around, whether it's in slot receiver, even X out wide, if you have three receivers to one side and, and Christian McCaffrey on the other side, and you get him against the linebacker, forget about it. He's as equally talented and productive as a running back um, and uh, can do the same as a wide receiver. And so he is sort of the wild card within this offense. Since he came midway point of the 2022 season, all of their numbers have gone up. Point production, yards per play, yards per game, everything offensively. We call him the force multiplier because he moves the ball, and I think he makes everyone on that offense better. Listen, who's more important to that offense, him or Debo Samuel? And when you Whoa. watch Debo play, what yeah. kind of thoughts do you have? He bad dude. <laughs> he bad dude is right. He's, he's, dude, he's, he's the worst dude. Yeah, he's like the bully on this on this offense. If, and think about it. You don't think about yeah, that as a wide receiver. Boys. Exactly. You. You, don't, you don't normally think about that as a wide receiver. Who, who but, besides him, him, Michael Irvin, yeah. Heinz Ward. Yeah, we got some Scott swag and really enough to back it up, right? Mm-hmm. That it's very few wide receivers that plays with a physicality. That he played, and you're right. I think Michael Irvin is the first that comes to mind. Sterling Sharp was another guy. I know he had a shorter career. He was another guy that can't, comes to mind. But can, we, this, can we stop right there? I love Sterling. I loved him. I loved him dude. as a player, dude. How good of a player he, was he? He was Debo. Yeah, I'm telling you he now. Was, man. He, he was. He was the first wide receiver back-to-back seasons with 100 receptions. Think about that in the early days. Really got Brett Favre's career off to a great launch, right? Debo is that. He he brings a certain swagger and toughness to this offense and a great amount of what we call intimidation. Uh-huh. You know, Vince Lombardi said 90% of the game is played from the neck up. What he mean is not only the football IQ, but the intimidation, the psychology you bring with you in terms of how the opposing defense sees you. He strikes fear into the heart of opposing defenses. And that's very few wide receivers you can say that about. It's incredible. I hate to belabor the point, but how unusual (laughs) is it that a wide receiver could set the tone for the entire team? He does that. And uh, when you look at him, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, even Brandon Ayuk, the thing that they do better than any other skilled group of players around a quarterback is they create yards after contact, yards after catch. It's to Kyle Shanahan, it's not enough to catch the ball and go down where you catch it. Or if we block him and get you to the second level, the first defender gets you on the ground. It's what you do after that first defender makes contact with you. It's what you do after you make the catch. That's how you're graded within this offense. And that's why they're, what, only, I think, the fourth team in NFL history to have a quarterback with 4,000 yards passing and four players have over 1,000 yards from scrimmage because they create yards after catch. Yards after contact, that's what makes them an explosive offensive group. I mean, Solomon, I hate to repeat myself, but the thing that really impresses me about the Niners, obviously you've got the great scheme, you've got the great play calling, yeah. you've got the great skill. Dude, they are so physical. They are so physical. That's There's right. There's nothing finesse about that no, or nuanced about no. that. They are a physical football yeah. team. Line you up and punch you in the face. They punch you in the mouth. I, I think it starts up front with the offensive line. You have to give them credit. And that's where Trent Williams, remember, dude. Uh, they made a trade to get him, add him to the offense, and increase their physicality. And then, obviously, Debo Samuel, physical, right? George Kittle, this guy has the most yards after catch than any tight end in the NFL. He's the only tight end this season had over 1,000 yards. Most of that came after the catch, right? And so that tells you he brings a great physicality. People think that Christian McCaffrey is just this guy who's got this fluidity and skill about him. 
He also brings some power. He can run in between the tackles, creating yards after contact as well. No doubt. What about Trent? Big Trent. Big Trent is yeah. 35. What do you make of him Bad. continuing to dominate and just, I mean, bully people at age 35? He mauls people. He, this guy's a future Hall of Famer, right? He's going 100. in. And it's, it's no um, coincidence that during the middle of the season when he was out for that three-game stretch, both he and Debo, they lost something. I think we saw it. Um, but I think even after that, when they went into Philadelphia, it's like they broke something in the Eagles. Am I right? Remember yeah, I that so. guy? Yes. Like they yes. were ne- the Eagles yes. were never the same again. Right. That's right. how. That's how they ripped the heart out of that they team. Their soul. That they day. really did, yeah. and they were never the same again. That's the potential. Will, of what will they? Do you think they'll bounce back? Will they? You got the, a couple of new Eagles? coordinators. Yeah, a couple of new coordinators. Hey, a little reset. Hey, I, I can tell you right now, they're going to have to do a deep dive. To regain that soul that was stripped right out of them from the San Francisco 49ers. they got to do a real deep dive. They have to reconstruct who they are, how they go about doing things. they got to get back to being a running team. It was an offensive line that was so dominant that on the brotherly shove, they were unstoppable. And then by the end of the year, they couldn't even convert on that play. Mm. That's how much they had lost their identity as to who they are. They became a totally and completely different team. Solomon Wilcott's joining me for a few more moments. You also host the Believe in Bengals podcast. Cincinnati lost Joe Burrow in Week 11, but they still managed to go 9-8 and on the year. What did they show you in the way they handled life without Burrow down the stretch? I think it's a testament to their character, to who they are as a football team. Uh, Every team needs a great quarterback if you're going to be a championship caliber football team, but you also need to surround that quarterback with really good football players. And at the end of the day, it takes a team to win a championship. I think the Cincinnati Bengals, the team itself, grew internally in terms of who they are, because they needed to find out who are they without Joe Burrow. We know who they are with them, right? And uh, they came up shy of, of making the playoffs, but think about it this way. They still finished with a winning record. I don't know when the last time a team finished with a winning record came in last place in their division. Right. But it goes to show you they are a good football team. I still think they missed uh, that veteran presence in their secondary at the safety position. Von Bell, Jesse Bates, their absence really showed up on defense. Offensively, um, here's what I'd love to see. Keep T. Higgins via uh, the franchise tag if you can. Move Jamar Chase in at slot. Will will they be able to keep him? On the franchise tag, yes. Yes. I don't know that they'll be able to keep him on a long-term blockbuster deal like what he deserves. Because he he does deserve the number one deal now. And we're talking north of 28 mil a year. Um, But if you franchise tag him, that's right around 20 a year. I think that's doable. I would move Jamar Chase into the slot receiver position. He's going to be the Cooper Cup of this offense and then still have the vertical presence to make plays. That slot receiver position is so very important because it's easier to get them the ball. You can move them around in so many different ways. And then you've got to figure out who's going to be the other receiver um, on the outside because it looks like they may lose Tyler Boyd to free agents. All right, so really quickly, they lose their offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. What, what, how much are they losing in losing him, and what's Tennessee getting as a head coach? At the end of the day, it's Zach Taylor's offense, right? And Brian Callahan, I go back to who his father is because I love Bill Callahan. This guy's one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. You're never going to get away from the run game if you have a Bill Callahan. I think Brian kind of brought some of that 
uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. They, the Bengals have to begin to be a better team of marrying the run game and the pass game. Maybe getting Joe Burrow on the center maybe a little bit more, a little more play-action shots. There's still, I think, some high-level of productivity that you can glean from this offense once the run game really gets going and, and being able to do that more consistently. All right, so you're working with Macy once again this week. What is that all about, and what's the type of thing or work that you're doing with those folks? It really is about um, cartilage damage. Almost 12 million people go into their doctor's office complaining of some kind of knee pain or knee damage. Roughly half of that number end up with some kind of knee damage. What if I told you that Macy is the kind of science that could use your own stem cells to grow your cartilage, reinsert it, and put it back in, and it adheres to the healthy tissue and to the bone to keep you from deteriorating and becoming bone-on-bone or maybe even potentially having to get knee replacement surgery. This is an innovative, cutting-edge procedure that's been around. It's been approved by the FDA. Um, and um, players are, I should say, uh, and, and, and people from age 18 to 55, men and women. But, of course, it's for the knee. And cartilage repair, it's really a big deal. The fact that you get to use your own stem cells, that's what makes it cutting edge. Modern medicine. Solomon, mm-hmm. great to have you on the show. Always good to chop it up with you, and especially here in person. Appreciate you braving these elements and coming by, man. Great to see you. This is great. Always great to be on with you, Jim. Take Appreciate care. You. All right. That's a pro's pro right there, a Solomon Wilcox.